up, everybody? Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward, joined by Jeremy File today. Uh, breaking news yesterday, so obviously we couldn't wait to get back on and talk about it. You know, we love doing this podcast thing from Michigan to Michigan State, but it's been a little slow. Uh, yesterday, Hunter Dickinson broke that up, saying he is going to enter his name in the NBA draft. Now, to be perfectly clear, and we'll talk about what this means a little bit later, he is still maintaining his draft eligibility because he hired an NCAA certified agent. So let's just you know get that out of the way right now. But like I said, Jeremy's with me. Jeremy, you you uh you've made some statements about him. At first, you thought he was going to go pro, then you thought he wasn't going to. Um, look, we'll talk about where we how we think he's going to end up. You know, making his uh, final decision. But look, wh- what do you think of this? Um, I, I think it's good. I think it's smart the way he um, to uh, have the ability to maybe come back. Uh, most of the people around here believe that he will come back. Now, I am on the opposite of that. I actually think he'll – and I'll give you my reason now. I, I think one of the things I tell people all the time with basketball, and I think especially if you watch the NBA playoffs, which is hard for me to do sometimes, people are starting to realize just – it is still a big man's game. And, you know, when you watch the Lakers uh, and, and you watch someone like Andre Drummond, why he's so important because of his size, the offensive rebound, his ability to block shots. Hunter Dickinson, his best attribute all year, in my opinion, there was two things, him blocking shots and finishing around the rim and offensive rebound. He was very good inside. I think he's going to stay because I think NBA execs are going to see that they're going to see his ability to finish quickly, finish easily. They're going to see how he's such a big screener. Um, is he going to come in and be great? No. I mean, I think everybody that's going to come into the league, unless you're a top pick, is going to struggle. And sometimes top picks struggle. I've seen that a lot. So um, I think Bennett. that – yeah, Kwame Brown. Uh, oh, let's not go there. But, no, but no, He's going to get us. Yeah, he might come after us now. We'll have a lot more viewership, though. But – but no, I think he's going to stay, Tyler, because I don't think – I think NBA people are going to see that size, that seven foot, seven one, whatever he is. I believe he's closer to seven one than seven foot. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to say, you know, and he will improve as a shooter. I mean, it's not like he's a terrible shooter. He just – in that offense with Michigan, they want to go four out, and he's the one in. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't have a lot of opportunities to shoot from outside because you've got Isaiah Livers and Shawnee Brown and, and Smith and Eli Brooks and Franz. You know, you can't have – five guys out there with that offense they want one guy in so I do think he needs to improve that I think he really needs to improve ball screen defense especially in the league but I'm on the uh, other side of this thing I think he's going to stay yeah he he, he's an interesting thing because obviously like his potential is huge but look I I think you hit the nail on the head when you said big men are still important Uh, you look at you know, uh, last night's game between the Nuggets and the Blazers, you know, Blazers were fighting ferociously for a comeback and it fell short. And uh, there was a missed free throw. I forgot who was shooting it for Denver. Uh, he missed. Jokic got the rebound. <laughs> he was the biggest guy on the floor. 
he got the rebound, he tipped it in, and he sealed the deal. You know, the Blazers were down by three points. Um, it would have taken a little bit of an effort to first get the ball up the floor and then to make a shot, make a three-pointer. But, I mean, they were still fighting in that game. They just didn't have the height to corral that rebound. And that was the uh, big difference in that. But, so, so big men are definitely still important. Um, even though we do see, especially in the NBA, like these small ball lineups, you know, you'll see Draymond Green at center. We've seen Xavier Tillman at center, you know, and those are just, you know, a couple of the NBA teams that I follow, obviously. I listed the reasons why right there, but those types of lineups are going to hurt Dickinson in the league. He, he's got to improve that lateral quickness. I think that that's a big thing. That is the number one thing. You know, you talked about his jump shot. Yeah, it'd be nice if he had it a little bit more offensively, but look, he's a great finisher around the hoop. You said it. Like, you can still run offenses in that system. The thing is, is now you have to get him to go outside. Can he guard a Jokic while he's bringing the ball up the floor? No. And that's going to be the issue. Can you guard Draymond bringing the ball up the floor? No. Well, I actually think, honestly, I think it's opposite of that. I, I think he'd actually, believe it or not, I think he'd do a fantastic job of guarding those guys. I think the, the biggest thing that when I watched him this year that I was very impressed with, he has such good length. So I'm not really worried about him guarding big guys because he was able to really do a good job. I think Coburn was the only guy who bodied him all year. And for a freshman to physically be able to hold his ground in the Big Ten, uh, the way he did, and, and actually physically impose his will on guys like Luca Garza, uh, I thought that was shocking, you know. And so I don't think physically, and I think his ability to guard bigger guys isn't the problem. The problem will be, will he be able to play in a league where you're going to have to switch on John ja Morant sometimes, and are you going to able to be able to stay a little bit in front and use that great length you have? So I think that's the big problem because we've noticed in the in the Big Ten this year. When they got downhill, like Aaron Henry got downhill, boom, right, right by him. And I think you've seen yeah. it a lot this year with guards were able to uh, – he would come up too hard, and he didn't know how to use that length, just back up and contest shots. He got blown by a lot on ball screens. I think you see that a lot. But I think if he improves that, I think he's going to be really good in the league. Um, do I think he needs another year? Yeah, I do, because I think he could come in and, you know, they could pick and pop, and they can kind of do a little bit what they did with John Teske. And he's much better inside than Teske was as far as finishing. You know, Teske yeah. missed a lot of bunnies. Um, much so better I think used that, his body so he can get open while he's posting up. It just uh, such a better shot blocker, too. I mean, he blocked so many shots or altered so many shots this year. And, and I think NBA people, though, Tyler, are going to see that. They're going to go, with that length, I mean, his ability to screen and his ability to roll the basket, his ability to protect the paint. Um, I, I do think that... He's just fast enough to be okay. I think he has to rim run better. I mean, you look at some of these guys that are able to run on the floor like Aiton sometimes. I mean, DeAndre Aiton will fly down the middle and run to the paint. And, yeah. you know, Hunter Dickinson doesn't have that. But I think what you're finding out in the NBA, and I think the Lakers are proving this, that I think size is going to come back. I think they're going to want to have three guys on the floor at the same time that are all big. You know, a stretch four. You know, like, let's just use Michigan, Michigan State examples. Let's just say Hunter's out there and you got Jaron Jackson playing the four. You know, that's a great situation when you have Jackson who can cover three or four positions possibly. 
and, and then, you know, Hunter can guard just a big and he can battle with Jokic. Like, is he going to beat Jokic? No, that's not no. the point. The point is he can stay in front of him, though. He can body with him. And, you know, he can physically match up with bigger centers. So I think he's going to be great, man. I think he's a great fit. I think he could come in and and come off the bench. Um, I mean, look, at Frank Kaminsky was a much more skilled offensive player after four years of college. But Frank Kaminsky never had the shot-blocking ability that Hunter Dickinson has. So and look well, at Frank I don't Kaminsky. think he was a pure big either. You know, I think he may have been like a, a little bit. Before. Yeah, yeah, he he's more of a four type player, and so when you're trying to draw him out, it, and look, I know it's crazy, but like these small ball type lineups where you could run a stretch four as your five, you know, they weren't really hip, you know, like they are now. When you look at the NBA today and, and you watch the playoffs, which it's a little more fun for me to watch the playoffs now. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are finding out that small ball in the end doesn't win. No. You know, anyway, and when you look at unless you're the Golden State Warriors who you just shoot so well. And there's just it, there's nobody that well, can do and that. Well, that. that helps when you have a 6'7 guy who can play like a 7 foot on defense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you have – yeah, I mean, that's a different story, too. You have Draymond who plays much bigger than he is. You have Kevin Durant who's 6'11 who can guard every position on the floor. And, and you know, you have Steph Curry and Clay. I mean, that's an unstoppable. So I think that that's, that's going to go away in this NBA. You're going to start realizing more and more like, wow, we're going to have to have – a big guy. They mentioned it on the telecast last night at TNT. Frank Kaminsky has to play better minutes because Aiton comes off the bench. They don't have another big. They do not have another big. And look at what they're matching up with. Drummond, Davis. I mean, that's a big team. You God, know? Marcus Saul's there too. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's just, you know, Harold is a he's a guy, another guy. He plays bigger than he is, right? Yeah. So, you know, he they got big guys that are able to get to the paint and, and pr- get rebounds. And I think Hunter Dickinson, and they're going to f- realize we need a guy like him. We need a guy that can come off the bench and give us 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 some games, and he'll finish, he'll rebound, he'll block some shots. I mean, just imagine if he was with a team like Denver. You know, Jokic, give Jokic a little breather. Hunter can yep. come in and, and, and screen and, 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 you know, dribble handoff stuff, protect the paint. And then get him back out of there. I mean, I think that's where he is. So I, I think they're going to see that. They're going to see his his length, and they're going to see his reach, and they're going to say, "Oh wow, you know," because NBA is all about potential anyway. Yeah. So they're going to just be like, "Oh yeah, this guy, if he can just shoot, or if he can get a little bit better laterally, oh my gosh, he's perfect." Yeah. Well, ju- just remember too, you know, some of it is the system that you're running. You know, Michigan, you got four guys on the outside who can pop. You know, going in there with Dickinson, you have Livers, you have Wagner, you had Brooks, you had Smith, you know, and even then Shondre Brown could come off the bench and he could hit if he wanted to. And so you had all these guys around him that could, you know, pull up. Maybe he's just not being asked to be that guy because people thought, remember, people thought Xavier Tillman, oh, he's got to work on this jumper if he wants to make it in the league. And then. All of a sudden, he's what, like second in their combined three point shooting, and he bears a big three to help Memphis get into the playoffs. Like, 
you know, maybe Dickinson has more range than people realize. I think what the scouts are interested in, like I said, I think the lateral quickness is going to hurt him. I think what the scouts are interested in, though, that is huge is just his ability on the offensive glass. Like, it's really, really good. It helps to be seven foot one playing in college, but you got to remember in the Big Ten, you're going against Coburn, you're going against Garza. You know, you're going against, even though he's not of the physical stature and isn't obviously as talented, you're going against lengthy guys like Bingham. In the Big Ten, you are going against some of that length, and he's still grabbing those offensive rebounds. And the ability to grab the rebound, control it, put it back in, I think is absolutely incredible. Yeah, he was really good this year. I mean, he was fantastic. And and like I said, he was the most important player for that team all year, in my opinion. And I, I think guys like Franz Wagner became just as important, but I think that everybody knew that he was the guy. And, and, you know, look how many games this year where the second half he either took over or maybe the first half he kind of took over. And he changes the whole game. And, and I think that they'll see that on film. I think they'll see his ability to block shots, which is, you know, with these fast guards, you know, you got to have guys that can protect the paint and make it tough. And he does that. Um you know, as I hope I'm wrong. I've been wrong a lot this year. This is the one time I hope I'm very wrong because I would love to see him back because I think he comes back and if he plays to his capabilities, he's clearly a guy that can make a huge difference for that team and they can make a run. So yeah. um, I, I do think that also, you know, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan basketball without him, that leaves a massive hole because they do not have anybody with the size and the ability to protect the rim like he does. And Diabate, who's coming in, you know, he he's a four. You know, he he's not as strong. He he's not really a powerful player inside. Brandon Johns is undersized. If Hunter Dickinson does stay in, they have a major problem at the five, kind of like Michigan State did this year, but they don't even have the depth. So, um, you know, I, I think that this is, you know, I hate to make Michigan fans worry, but this is definitely worrisome because they uh, probably came into this thing thinking there's no way, you know? I mean, I, I thought that at the end of the year, it was like not talked about, but in the yeah, middle of the year, yeah, it, it kind of disappeared in the, but at the middle of the year. And then when he started dominating before that, even people were like, this guy's a lottery. I mean, they were talking crazy. It's really strange. And that's why I still think because he was pumped up so much earlier I think he'll be able to show all the things that excite people and I think he'll stay. And that just is going to cause so much problems for Michigan next year inside. And that changes their whole team. And, and then, you know, now you're going from a team that can compete to win the big 10, possibly still be an uphill battle to, wow, we are really going to have to find new ways to be effective without our, uh, without our number, you know, our number one player, because he is their best player coming back next year. Oh, absolutely. I think he's big-time player of the year potential, obviously. Uh, you know, Trayvon Williams is going to be on that list. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> like, there, yeah. there's a lot of talent leaving the Big Ten this year. Um, I still think it's going to be, you know, one of the, it's obviously going to be one of the better conferences. It still might be the best. I mean, we'll ultimately see what. Uh, well, Purdue and Ohio State, I mean, and every single thing I've looked at, yeah. preseason, you know, too early hypes crap. Purdue and Ohio yeah. State are as, as high as top, both top five. Because yeah. Ohio State's bringing back everybody 
because of that extra year. Yeah, and I'm Purdue sure Wisconsin, I'm sure Wisconsin found some sort of loophole to get Travis Trice or Travis Trice's <laughs> yeah. brother, Dimitri yeah. Trice, to play until he's 45. So, well, yeah, I mean, what's the what's the deal on that? I have not heard anything about that. Um, but, you know, because we don't follow Wisconsin as much, but that's a great question. Like, if yeah. he comes back, I mean, my goodness, that's <laughs> they're loaded again. Uh, yeah. Iowa lost some guys, obviously. So, but yeah. Yeah, oh, Iowa, Iowa screwed this year. Iowa screwed yeah. this year. Yeah, well, Hannon's coming back, but the rest of that team's... Well, they've got Laketa <laughs> coming in to fill void, so, you know, yeah, I mean... Yeah, they, they, got, they got people coming in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Big shout-out to the HH comments there. You know, that was a pretty cool yeah. story. And uh, yeah, Luke Laketa, a first-team All-Stater, going to the Hawkeyes. You know, my fa- my second favorite Big Ten team. Um, they're, uh, oh, they're in big trouble, though. They are in big trouble next year. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for those of you listening, don't know who Luke is. Don't worry, he's going to be a walk on. He's it's not like he's going to come in and play right away. So there's not too much to worry about. He's in that Data Smith range, you know. Somebody knew somebody who got him there. But look, the kid's yeah. a talented player, definitely. I'm not trying to dog great story him, too. Yeah, but, great yeah, story. He, His ability to maybe get better in four years or two or three years, right? And they've had great success with walk-ons. That was one of the things that was mentioned in the article I read. So, yeah, uh, yeah with the connection with uh, Coach Lachetta, who, you know, coached with Fran McCaffrey, and I was fortunate to meet Coach Lachetta, um years ago, obviously with the Hanover connection. But, um, you know, his his boys are all very good players. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, that was interesting. Very interesting story and pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's great. I think, you know, I'm obviously rooting for him, you know, in most games. Um, right. <laughs> obviously, there's, there's there might be one or two this year where I don't. Um, but, yeah, this is, a, this is a huge – this is a killer for Michigan. Though. I mean, you said it. They go from Big Ten contender to who knows because Brandon Johns – well, he—I mean, he's a four. You talked about the incoming freshman. He's a four. They don't have a five, and no. that's a problem. That well, is, is. that—that's a huge problem. Now, look, Juwan Howard spent, you know, the last part of his career as an assistant coach slash player slash Bill Russell type role, something except on the bench all the time type role. But he's a—he—he uh, he spent some time in the league, and so able to work that small ball. Miami did it a little bit. And so maybe he has sort of that concept down to where he's able to build that around his offense. But even then, you know, you're you're still replacing a lot. You're still losing a lot. Uh, you got a lot of help coming in, obviously, but you've got the number one class. Uh, you got the kid from Coastal Carolina. So you have these guys who can come in and fill the void. It's just can he change the system at the same time? And I think that that's going to be something that's intriguing, you know, with a four out one in though, you can throw a guy like John's in there and be a little bit successful still pending John's development is the biggest thing. Um, I think there was a game this year. I can't remember. Um, I, I know it was two years ago when, when they didn't, you know, Austin was kind of coming into his own with Jawan but there had been times when Brandon Johns had to play the five, and mm-hmm. uh, which is just, you know, not realistic. But his ability with his athleticism made them okay inside. But he, he 
got himself in a lot of foul trouble most of his career when he had to play bigger, when he had to mm-hmm. play bigger guys, because he just doesn't have the strength. And I think that it, it's when you look at their roster, I mean, every single guy that they have coming in is, is a, a forward. You know, I mean, it's just pretty much a forward, meaning like even their big guys are forwards. You know, yeah. Diabate, you know, I, I always have a hard time saying his name. To Shedder, I think is how you say it. Those are three fours. You know, Diabate, if he gets a little more skill, could be a three. You know, I mean, I think they got him listed at 6'10", but he just doesn't play inside like that. Every time I watched him play, he's either a really good, you know, he's the guy, he's a great big when no one's in front of him. <laughs> you know, if, if yeah. he's going to do a putback dunk or a lob, he's great at that. But he is more accustomed. He's more like a Brandon Johns. You know, he, yeah. he wants to be able to to slash and, and cut and roll the basket. But Hunter just gives you that guy where you can – you know he can hold down his guy man-to-man, and you know he can go one-on-one inside. They don't have anybody that has anything remotely close to that. So that is very troublesome. In college basketball and NBA, you still have to have that. Like it's When you look at KD and LeBron, they can back you down. You know, It's so important to have a guy who can do that. As much as everyone says, oh, the game's changed, and it has. You, it's just so deflating when you play against a team like Michigan State two years when you can throw it to Tillman and he can shimmy and get to the rim and dunk it or, or fade away or back you down, back you down, kick it out to an open Cassius. That is exactly what Hunter Dickinson does at his level. He's not like elite, but you have to watch him down there. And yeah. he, how many times, Tyler, did this year when they gave it to him and they double, triple teamed him, it seemed like almost, you know, and he just kicked it out. Three. Yeah, I mean, it was like kick out, or he, you know, struggled with that a little bit and turned it over. But everybody's eyes around him. So I, I don't know. Um, I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, man. I, th- this team goes from Big Ten contender up there with Ohio State Purdue. Um, and I think uh, they have a better coach, though I do like Holtman. Um, I think they have a better coach than both of them. I, they definitely have a better coach than Purdue has. Um, but this is a Michigan team that goes from Big Ten contender with Dickinson to middle of the pack. And yeah, yeah, arguably for sure, it's a good argument, I, no question. I mean, we'll ultimately see how that plays out if he decides to stay in the NBA draft. Um, look, look, everybody does this. I heard yours the other day. I absolutely loved it. Your player comp for Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, no, I, I think a, a Mark Gasol type player is exactly what he could do. And I think that's what people will see, too. I think they'll see that what he lacks in foot speed, he makes up for with just great size. Great and, positioning. Uh, right. And and he, you know, Gasol is a little, obviously, more skilled. He's more face you know, And he's more face up and he's a little more skilled and he's got the European game, you know, but... I think what he provides is just the great size, easy rebounds, paint protection still. Um, and, and I think they're going to see him and go, if he can stretch the floor out and hit wide open threes like Gasol does, that's huge. I mean, that, now he's in. You are in well, the league. Well, keep in mind, Gasol didn't start hitting threes till a couple of years ago. You know, he was still that back-to-the-basket type guy. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so well, I, I have one other comparison, and I didn't say this to you. And, and you know – when you watch it, and people are going to be shocked when I say this, but I don't really care. 
he has a lot of Valanciunas in him where he's kind of slow. And once he puts on a little more weight over the next few years, as far as good weight, you know, not that good chubby, weight, yeah. not that chubby high school weight that we all kind of, you know, or our freshman <laughs> 15 that we put in, like he had to lose weight that first that COVID-19 year. we put in. Yeah. He had to lose weight to be in shape the first year. Now yeah. he's going to have to put weight on when he gets in the yeah. NBA because he's going to have to bang with the big guys. So Valanciunas there's is only a guy. One, there's only one player who's been able to get away with baby fat in the league, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, maybe uh, uh, Zebo. We got to put him in there. But Zebo uh, was, was a big, though. Like, he, he yeah. was a, <laughs> like Yeah, but I, I do think he could be a Valanciunas. You know, maybe he doesn't – you know, Valanciunas can still shoot, too. Yeah. But uh, he could stretch the floor – he can back you down. Yeah. And, you know, Valanciunas is Marcus Saul and Valanciunas are the two bigs that he needs to watch all the time. And um, Nurkic, you know, those are the guys that they need now. And Hunter Dickinson could definitely possibly be that type of player. Yeah. I, I oh, love Cantor. You know, they're, they're the way different, but he's going to have to try to be like those guys. Yeah. I, I love the Gasol reference because, you know, Dickinson was a good passer out of the paint. Um, Gasol's obviously a facilitator to some extent, but he wasn't always like that. Um, and, I mean, obviously, you know, Gasol's on a different level as far as passing. Um, he's not like like a, the Joker or anything like that regarding his facilitating, but he's kind, he can kind of do that now, but before that, he was just a good passer out of the paint as well. Not the, you know, quickest, most fleet of foot guys. Efficient finishers, good offensive rebounders. So I love yeah. that comparison. They're about the same size. You know, I think, you know, you keep talking about Dickinson and his length. I don't know if it's necessarily his length, like as far as his arms go, but rather just his size and his positioning, like he knows where he's supposed to be on the floor. And so that makes up for that lateral quickness on offense, I think. On defense, yeah. I think it's a little bit of an issue because that le- because that lateral quickness is a bit of an issue just because yeah. the NBA's got every player's an athlete at right. that level. So I, or an NBA level athlete at that level, obviously. So I think that that's going to be the issue. Other, other than that, you know, I think you're going to. Where, if he stays in the draft, if he stays in the draft, where does he go? What, what, um, like not what team? Because we never know how that type of stuff can happen. You know, you could be Shakur Brown and just never get drafted because your coach has issues. You know, calling all of his buddies that he used to work with. Um, but where does he, like does he go? Late first, early second? I, I think he's late first. I mean, I I think people are going to be blown away when they see him and they they realize that there's just not a lot of guys like him. I mean, you get Mobley from USC with that size. That's that's different. You know, yeah, he's a little more athletic, a little faster. So he's a guy that they're talking about. You know, the Pistons are talking about getting him, you know, with their first pick. So he's not there. But once they see all the guards go and they see all the forwards go, and then it's a late pick and you're a team like – Let's just say you're Milwaukee, you know, because Milwaukee's probably going to make a run this year. Let's just say they're a late first-round pick, and they go, you know, we, we got some guys that are, you know, like a Forbes who's a Big Ten guy. We, we, 
We've had Lopez, who's a big, big guy who, hey, he could shoot a little bit, but he stretches the floor because of that. But he's big. He's a big body. And then we have, you know, a big body that can help, you know, Giannis inside, right? So Giannis doesn't have to do much inside. He can play around. I think a team like that takes him late first round. And I think that people are going to be surprised when it does happen because I think he'll work out and they'll say, wow, his potential is greater than his flaws. That's what the NBA does. His potential of him being able to finally shoot better. He doesn't have bad form. He was a great free throw shooter most of the year. Oh yeah, and he was knocked down the line. Kind of tailed off, but yeah, you know he like when he got fouled, it was like I was like, this dude's money. Got great form, didn't have a lot of opportunity to show it in his workouts as with his trainer. He's been able to show range, much like Tillman did. So I, I think it's going to be shocking. But I think I told you this before, Tyler. I think this is great for Michigan basketball. I think this is great if he goes first round because you're going to have two first round picks. Yeah. And if you can get Livers drafted and maybe somehow Shadi Brown slides in and gets picked, you know, that's four guys in the NBA draft, which I it won't happen. Brown won't no, be drafted. I, 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 I've got it down to, like, obviously, you know, the two early I do entries. think Livers will. I think Livers will get picked pick very late second round, kind of like maybe a Cassius Winston or even later than that. But I do. I think they're going to be careful. There ain't too much room later to catch the No, I know. I think that's Uh, what's going to happen, though. I think you're going to get a guy, our team that goes, oh, you know, look at this guy. You know, he played kind of value utility type player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, undersized Nicholas Batum. You know, like, you know, he's big. He can shoot. He's strong. He's sneaky athletic. And that defender. Three NBA draft picks for Michigan this year is great for the program. Not great for next year, but <laughs> great for the program moving forward. Yeah. John Howard could say, hey, look, I coached in the NBA. I can obviously get players into the NBA. You know, it's like Mel Tucker saying, you know, I coached in the NFL. I can get players. To... Wait, hold on. Never mind. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't uh, happen, did it? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't could help it. Football season is here, I, and by the way, <laughs> I could not help it. But yeah, this is a, this is you know big in a couple of aspects. You know, uh, Howard's going to be able to throw that everywhere in every recruit's face. Um, look, you you you've been back and forth. I know you said something at the beginning of the show. Does he stay? Does he does he stay in the NBA or does he stay at Michigan? Oh no, I think he stays in the NBA. I mean, I, I'm 100% stern on that. I think that they're gonna they're gonna tell him he's he's got a great possibility of being drafted in the first round. There's gonna be teams that love him. He's got a great attitude. He's he's confident, but not too confident. Uh, I think he's very humble in the in the interviews. Um, I, I think they're gonna see what you know. Everybody keeps talking about how this draft is so deep, and I'm like, where? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't see it. I I just don't see well, it at all. People say that every year. It gets you hyped. Yeah, I, yeah. And it's like you know, the bottom line is there's just not when you get past 15. It, it's like. There's got to be some things that you can add value for yourself. And he adds a ton of value with his size. Yeah, the size, the offensive rebounding. And look, in the NBA, he's not going to face those double teams. And one have the ability to go, you know, over his right shoulder all day, which is, you know, obviously his go-to. I'd like to see him mix it up a little bit more. Um, 
you know, keep keep NBA guys guessing because, you know, anybody in the NBA can take away your favorite thing to do. you got to come up with options 2, 3, and 10, you know? And, yeah. And so I think that uh, he'll, he will need to work on that. Uh, but, you know, those types of things, you can develop those. And so I, I think he's a late first just because he gives you something that not a lot of other people do anymore in the NBA. Um, I don't think he's going to come out and, you know, kind of shock people like Tillman did. I don't think he's going to be like that, but he's got the ability to develop over time and he's, he's going to be a monster. Cause he, I mean, look, it took Tillman a couple of years to develop just at Michigan state. It's going to take, uh, it's going to take Dickinson time to develop, but he might be doing it in the NBA. I think ultimately he comes back to Michigan though. He waited to the last minute he got an NCAA certified agent. It just seems like he's hesitant to even talk about it. Just, you know, based, one, on, I gotta, just, just based on that. Let, I want to add this, and you know how I get excited about this stuff, because you know this is, this is my baby here when it comes to development and, and players. Something that just isn't being mentioned enough, and I don't – how much better could he really have of a year this year? And I think that's what players go through in this process, Tyler. Is you know, like, could he come out and like, is he is he going to score? You know, is he going to go nineteen and eleven? I don't think so. Like, I don't think he's going to average that much. I don't think he's going to dominate inside the way you know people think. I no, think he'll get he double teamed in. all day. You yeah, know, I, the I only think thing he'd be able to show off is improved passing. And and I think what look at what he's going to be passing too. He's not going to be passing to Franz Wagner. He's not going to be passing to Isaiah Livers, who are knockdown shooters. You know, he's going to be passing it to Eli Brooks. And God, I hope everyone else is as skilled as the other guys. I mean, you know, with Houston, Houston's a knockdown shooter. I mean, he's going to come in and just shoot it right away. He'll be a guy like, you know, a, a bigger Stauskas, you know, as far as catch and shoot, not as skilled with the handle yet, but, you know, more and pretty much like a Livers. That's your yeah. guy that's coming in that could shoot. Everybody else is not the same. And, and I think that you got to remember those things when you're talking about this because I think he's going to go, yeah, that was an unbelievable year. And now if I come back next year, I'm playing with a bunch of guys who are not like Livers and Shawnee Brown knockdown shooters and not like Franz. I might have a, you know, the same type of year. Might then not what be able to get, might not even be able to get the pick and rolls with this with the new point guard, you know, right. all those types of things. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, the, a, the that's a that's a really Coastal, good point. Yeah, the kid from Coastal, I think, helps a lot. So yeah. let's not forget that. But I still think he's not. He is a good shooter, but he's not like, like Smith, Smith would come off that screen and he could really dish it to him. And he, Mike Smith was such a good passer to the roller, and, and I just think that look. I think if they say anything about first round, no way he comes back. And that, I think he'll be able to prove himself over time. You know, that's a great point. Now I'm kind of teetering a little bit more. I still think he comes back to Michigan just because I don't think, you know, uh, how the past year has gone for Michigan State Athletics. I don't think I'm lucky enough to have him stay in the NBA draft. But yeah, I, I still think that he's uh, – I, I still think that – you know, he can come back and he can develop things that don't show up in the stat sheet because I think that those are the things that he needs to work on. 
You know, yeah. you work on your lateral quickness, you take away a shot, doesn't show up as a block, though. You know, and th- those are the types of things that I think you can uh, improve upon. But, yeah, we'll uh, obviously talk about it when things become a little bit more official. Obviously, he really minimized his time to continue thinking about this. I mean, obviously, it was something he was thinking about the whole time. But, yeah. you know, as far as, all right, dude, now it's, do I stay? And now he's starting to, now he's going to start getting a little bit more input. It's not going to be a situation where he's just being fed whatever John Howard's saying to him, you know, which John Howard has a lot of NBA ties, but, you know, you're going to hear it straight from the source. That changes things, and he minimized his amount of time that he's going to do that. So, Do you think Franz goes lottery, Tyler? I mean, do you think the the talk of him was so, like, I get why they love him. I totally get it, but I just don't see it. I mean, I – I don't think he's a lottery talent. I think okay, let me let me rephrase that. I don't think he's a lottery draft pick, but I think the potential that potential is so good. It's so good. A six nine shooter. Like I said, man, like a Nicholas Skidishvili type. You know, he he was one of those first big shooters, big ball handlers, bit you know, Wally Zerbiak kind of filled that a little bit, not as much in regards to his playmaking ability, but to sit outside and shoot, because what was Zerbiak? Wasn't he like 6'9 or something like that and played? Yeah, I think 6'7", 6'8". He was so strong, though, and his back down game was was really good. But Wagner's got that ability to back down and then, you know, drive by the guy. You know, he's got that ability, back, back, take it. And uh, he's got that speed, he's got that length, uh, good quality defender um look chase down blocks mean you're a great defender according to the people who watch lebron play defense yeah. um <laughs> wagner can do that well but i think wagner can actually you know defend let me let me rephrase that because i think lebron can defend when he wants to he just right wants to so he doesn't give a crap i Wagner's love when we gonna... do this with lebron we have to add him to every help it man. it's so easy that... to pick Did on him you... Did you see that flop he had last night? I, you know, one of the things I do when I watch the Lakers Fall is asleep. when he flops. Yeah, when he flops, I turn it off, and then I, and when I turn it back on, he does it again. So I have to turn it back off. But I, I try to listen to some of the things, especially when we do shows like this, because you know you want to hear what the NBA people have to say about certain players. And, and the comment about Frank Kaminsky really it just opened me, you know, my eyes up when it came to Hunter Dickinson because. He is so needed for them inside, and he's just not able to get it done. He can't finish. Like, he had a play last night where he got an easy look, and he just doesn't have the, the length to finish over big guys. Where in college, you know, he was pick and pop. He was a little bigger than some guys. And, and you know, he played in the system. You know, whereas I think Hunter Dickinson played in the system where, you know, he didn't get to show everything. He played in the system. You're our only big guy. And then, you know, Austin's going to show you the ropes a little bit. Austin knows what to do down there. And then Austin you know, became apparent. Sorry, Austin, you're going to be his coach because he's going to start now. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, both those guys were fantastic last year because they gave you, you know, what did Florida State, I think Leonard Hamilton said, you know, we didn't, you, know you, you can't teach their size and their physicality. Yeah. And that's because of Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. I mean, you could say whatever you want. 
about the other guys, it's it's him. <laughs> you got a guy like Livers who's strong guarding you and Brown who's right up on you. But when you get to the paint, guess who's down there waiting for you? That's yeah. where the size is. So, you know, Austin Davis, same thing. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think Michigan fans are going to be very surprised. And, again, I've been wrong so much this year, and I hope I am. But, man, if that first-round bell rings, he ain't coming back. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, first round's hard to turn down, you know. I mean, all it takes is one phone call. Xavier Tillman last year, he was going to come back. It was the Dick Vitale thing came out that he was coming back, and then the NBA team called him and said, "Man, you're really going to go back?" They were like, "We want you," and he was like, "All right, shoot." He he wasn't even a first round pick. It was one of those things. He knew he was going to go. He knew he was going to go relatively early ish in the second yeah. round at least. He knew he was going to get an opportunity. And, and he's he, been just fantastic, by the way. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, look at he, the Michigan State guys in the playoff. Michigan, too. I mean, Michigan State, though, when you look at Forbes and Tillman and Jackson, and, you know, I was just so pulling for Draymond to continue his stuff. But these young guys are playing outstanding basketball. And for Michigan, Tim Hardaway Jr. was unbelievable the other night. Oh, yeah. And Duncan Robinson, you know, he was has been good, but Miami's just – they're terrible right now. No, that, but, that's a hero effect right there. I'll tell you what. I am biting my tongue, but more so because I'm mad at myself. Forbes has been just perfect for Milwaukee. And I just never thought – I've watched him live. I've seen him play a lot. I never thought that um, he would have this type of display that he put on the other night. And I'll tell you something right now. That guy is so important to that team when he can come off. And, you know, he started games this year. He's came off the bench and provided great minutes. Milwaukee looks incredible right now. He, he might and, actually be starting a couple more games because I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Can't really pronounce it for Milwaukee. Uh, done for the season. Devin, is it uh, Devin Checo? Or, uh, I always have a hard time. The guy from Villanova, I don't know if he – I don't think that's who it is. And I try not to get caught up too much in the NBA because the league drives me crazy, but – Forbes was great all you know most of the time this year. He had great moments. Well, well, here here's the thing about him, man. I think he was one of those guys who benefited from what Golden State did. You know, running these systems, running screen after screen after screen after screen, because that's what Tom Izzo did for him <laughs> every time, every play for two years, just run him off screens, like he was like Rip Hamilton or something like that. And so I think to have. To see Golden State run that type of a set and then to have everybody's focus on Chris Middleton, have everybody else's focus on Giannis, I think that that opened things up for Forbes. I think it's worked perfect. I think, obviously, Popovich drafting him was huge, too. Let him play point a little bit, become more of a facilitator, do a little more work with the ball in this hand. That does it for us here today on the show. For Jeremy Plow, I'm Tyler Hayward. Look, we'll keep you in, uh, we'll keep you in the know, give you our opinions and everything else. That stuff continues to develop. Uh, Dickinson decides to uh, keep his hand in the draft or if he decides to come back to college, uh, he did keep that option open. So we'll break all of that stuff down. 
as it happens throughout the course of the summer. But that does it for us today. This is the Trouble with the Sad podcast.